Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Bears fans, it's time for On the Clock with a score zone Mark Grody covering the latest on another potential historic draft. Featuring experts and analysis on this red hot offseason storyline. That's the headline of the league right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score and always live on the free Odyssey app. Here's Mark Grody. I'm in the right place to cover the Chicago Bears and everything that is going on with them. Today's episode of On the Clock is coming at you live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, Indiana. As we welcome you into the program, thank you so much for being with us here on the clock We are here now until 7 o'clock, so we will have a jam-packed hour of everything that is going on with the Bears right now. We've got our producer, Alex Kuhn, back in our downtown Chicago studios, and we do have a couple of terrific top-notch guests on this show tonight, one of those being the former quarterback, Chris Sims, now a media man doing stuff for NBC also on the show tonight to talk about the NFL and the Chicago Bears and everything going on here at the Combine will be Josina Anderson of CBS. You probably remember her from her days at ESPN. I had a great conversation with her at the Combine today as well. I can't wait to bring you that conversation and Chris Sims coming up here in just a few minutes. I think... I am pretty sure, here's what I know, because there is a correlation between this show, I like to think of it as my show, it's a pop-up show, and on the clock, a correlation between this show and what is going on with the Bears right now. I do believe that this will be a full season of on the clock, a full season in which, unlike last year, the number one overall pick will not be traded. <laughs> now, if that is the case, if 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 we have to say that still, I think we'll have a pretty good idea of the quarterback that they're going to pick, and maybe there's not the same kind of drama. But my show, this show on the clock will not be sabotaged by some trade of Ryan Poles to get, I don't know, DJ Moore here and the pick that they have right now. Um, So that looks like it's going to be the case. The Chicago Bears are going to be a vastly different team next year. I can't imagine at this point that they will not have a new starting quarterback from game one of the preseason And it's hard to picture a scenario where Caleb Williams isn't that guy. I do believe Caleb Williams will be the number one overall draft pick for the Bears. And I went into the combine thinking that pretty confidently. And there have only been more dots connected to the Bears throughout this entire week. And definitely a feel of on the on the Justin Field side of things that he probably will be traded. That's just that that is what is in place as of right now, Thursday night at the combine. That's what everything feels like. And look, I know the the reports have started to come out about Caleb Williams in terms of his his height. 
I, I don't know. Some of my colleagues were saying that they think he is uh, a legit 6-1. Um, you know, just from my perspective, when I did see him yesterday, he, I thought he looked a, a little bit shorter than I'm not saying Bryce Young size, and I'm not saying under six feet tall, but I was not right next to him. So that probably should be made clear. I was very close to him. I was probably about, you know, 10 yards away from Caleb Williams when I saw him. Um, but uh, that that is still something that is being thrown around. And I said this earlier this morning on, uh, on Mullion Hall when I got to be on with those guys today that it's it's important you know height is good in the in the nfl you know justin fields for example six three um you know a lot of the the great quarterbacks have been six four and bigger that's you know tom brady six five that's ideal size so relative to other quarterbacks yeah caleb williams is a little bit shorter but with all the arm angles that he has and all the ability that he has, he has seen, like you go back and watch the film, you watch whole games of Caleb Williams, and you can see that he has very little uh, difficulties with vision and anything that would go up against his height. I get it. It's a different beast once you get to the NFL, and that will be something that will be monitored, assuming Caleb Williams is here, that that part of it, um, because it's always possible that everybody's wrong. <laughs> Caleb Williams is a bust, but I don't even want to go there right now. I, I remember the early whispers of, you know, is Justin Fields all that? And like, could he bust? And, and I know if you're a Bears fan, you don't even want to think about those kinds of possibilities. But that's the way I feel about things. It, it's difficult to tell when they will trade Justin Fields. I know that Ryan Poles, you know, said that he wants to do good by Justin Fields, but he the Bears, unfortunately, it's a businessman. The Bears have to be the number one priority. And if you could take care of and make Justin Fields happy in the process because he's a good dude, then you absolutely do that. By the way, today at the, the Combine, we're not going to get too deep into this. I talked about some of it on the Parkinson Spiegel show in my, my 5 p.m. hit. If you actually are jonesing for safeties because the Bears are going to need a safety somewhere along the line to work next to Jaquan Brisker, we talked about safeties today on that. Heard from some of the guys like the Oregon safety, Evan Williams. He's the guy that I had slotted in for the Bears with their third-round pick. Um, Cam Kinchins, the the safety out of Miami, probably a second or third-round pick. The, you know, Again, the Bears have that third-round pick. Um, Boston College cornerback Elijah Jones. I, and I'd say cornerback because somewhere along the line, the Bears will have different, more cornerbacks on the roster. I don't know that Elijah Jones is going to be the guy, but you know, he had five picks last year, a fifth-year starter, um, and he's he's been very impressive. And he's one of those guys, Elijah Jones, who seems to be gaining a little bit of momentum for the Bears. You know, like we know, the Jalen Johnson is going to be here. We'll get more into the Jalen Johnson situation a little bit later on. He's he's going to be here. You know who your starting cornerbacks are going to be. But Ryan Poles has put that down as a premium position and always mentions it. So just don't be surprised if cornerback comes into play at some point in time in this in this draft. Um, so that that's what we did today. The quarterbacks will speak tomorrow. Meantime. Let's get to one of my conversations from the Combine here in Indianapolis. I ran into Chris Sims of NBC Sports and the, the, the former quarterback. His dad is Phil Sims. Maybe some of you know Phil is a broadcaster. I remember him very well as a quarterback as well because, well, the Bears beat them in 85 in that first game of the playoffs on their way to winning the Super Bowl. So how could I forget him? But Chris Sims is great to talk to. And we began the conversation with Justin Fields. I'm a believer in Justin Fields. Uh, to me, he turned the corner here, and I don't. I look at Justin Fields and go, oh, you can win football games, and you can get where you want to go with Justin Fields. Now, is it around the mold maybe we all envision or want it to look like? I don't know about that, right? But there's things about his game where I go, man, that's, that's special, and I see progress, and there's you know a lot of positives there. 
But, I mean, the other part of the question is no. I don't feel like that he's going to be the quarterback of the Bears next year. In fact, I would say no way. I don't think that's happening. You know, there's for a lot of reasons. Some of the talk I heard yesterday from Ryan Poles and Eberflus talking about wanting a quarterback at the end of the game situations and all that, that was a – I don't want to say it was a direct indictment on Justin Fields. Whether they meant to do it or not. They meant to or not. Exactly what that was. So that, that, that's a thing of them saying basically, hey, we're, we're out there looking for a guy that can be better in that department. right? So they're kind of letting you know with that. I think that speaks volumes. Justin Fields not following them. On Instagram, that didn't just happen because he's had conversations with them, their their representation, all that. So I'm sure he has a feel of where this is going. I go back to Ryan Poles. Where did he come from? Kansas City, right? Oh, they drafted him a Mahomes. Caleb Williams has got a lot of Mahomes-ness in him, right? GMs and head coaches usually don't like to get fired without going out swinging with a guy they picked at quarterback. With all those things I say right there, Yes, it's I, Caleb Williams will be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears next year. We use the terminology generational prospect. Yeah. Is Caleb Williams a generational prospect? He has, he has generational talent, right? I'm not, you know, prospect means he's polished and perfect and ready to go in all areas. But the talent is eye-popping. It, 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 there's no doubt about that. And, you know, I haven't, like, deep-dived these guys yet, right? So I've done, a, like, I did a little just to get a feel so I could talk to them. My big takeaway would be that it, it's, there's not going to be a conversation about the number one quarterback in the draft this year. That's not going to happen. It's, it's, it's him. And then we can start to talk about the rest of the other guys. But there's a gap. So that's what I'll say. And then, yes, his arm strength, his ability to throw the ball at all the crazy platforms, and then his athleticism, which I think was the thing that kind of surprised me more than I realized. Man, his side-to-side movement, the way he can break tackles and make people miss in space, is a little, it's better than I thought it was just watching college football on TV. right? So there are some things there that uh, certainly are special. Bears are in an interesting place because they're in kind of a quasi real. It is a rebuild. Yeah. You're three of it. Yeah. Seven wins last year. They've got a pretty good yes. defense that's ready to win. Right. So you bring in, if it is Caleb Williams, which we all assume it will be, is there time for development with Caleb Williams? I mean, did, or does this NFL not allow for that? I, I mean, assume you yeah. think he would play right. right from the beginning? I would, I would think so, yes. I, you know, I, I would think that's, that's part of the process here. You develop them while, you know, having some training wheels on them and do it that way, right? You know, again, I I do get sick of a little, like, I think you've heard me say this before, quarterback, 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 quarterback. How about build the freaking team around them a little bit and not make the quarterback be the savior all the time? And that's where I'd like to see them go. And, you know, you rebuild, yeah, but like you said it, right? There's a lot of key spots that I go, damn, that doesn't need to be rebuilt. That's pretty good. You know, receiver, tight end, O-line's really close, right? You know, you look at, hey, linebackers were good, secondary. Man, there's some players there, right? So I think the Bears are much closer than people realize. Uh, and they would be one of the teams I'd say watch out for next year. But, yeah, the, the big thing with Caleb Williams, and if I had to get into negatives, would be just, hey, there's two things I want to find out. One, the person, the attitude, why didn't we talk to the media, you know, some other things like that off the field that I'd want to know about. The second thing is, hey, you know, he got loose with the ball a little bit towards the end of the year. Now, I think there's a lot of reasons around that circumstance, right, where, hey, the team wasn't good. I mean, it was pitiful defense, so he knew he had to do crazy stuff, right? Even offense, we're not talking about any USC people being in the first round. In fact, no, we're the first two rounds. Great point. So that's he's he knew, oh, crap, I got to do this to make us stay in this football game. So that's where if you're evaluating him, you're going to see a few throws and things where you go, damn, why did he throw that or why did he make that decision? But, you know, a little bit like Josh Allen with the Bills, when you're always asked to save the damn team, you're going to every now and then go, damn, I need to do this and that to help us win or we're not going to win. And I think he fell in that trap a little bit too. Yeah, you mentioned building the team around the quarterback and whomever it is and not putting his so much pressure on the Bears. Obviously, have a great receiver in DJ Moore. They could use somebody opposite of him. Yeah. That said, they do have the number nine pick. Right. 
and there are some talented wide receivers. Are there any guys that you're just kind of, and I know that you haven't done the full deep yeah, dive, yeah. but are there guys in this draft at nine that you think that could help out the Bears? Yeah, well, I mean, again, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., which I don't know, nine might be too late, right? I, I am a little bit, I'm intrigued to really jump in on him because I hear slam dunk number three pick or number top five pick and all that. Man, that's a special thing to say about wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, there's been some really, really special players where I go, they didn't get drafted in the top five, and he yeah. is, right? So I'm interested to see if I if I really think he's worth that. I know he's a top 20 pick or anything like that, but top five is a different category. That's like you can't miss. He better be a superstar. It better be Randy Moss or Terrell Owens or something like that, right? So, but, hey, him, and I think the kid at LSU, I think those are probably two guys that – to me would fit that mold. Adunze, good. I don't know if I'd be ready to put him right now in a top 10 pick category, right? But, yeah, that's that's uh, that's there to be had, and and we'll see. You know, I mean, the Bears are sitting in a, in a pretty spot here right now. But, again, I go to, again, what Ryan Poles said yesterday, the urgency, right? They got to do this soon. This is going to happen soon. You can't wait on this. You cannot. The longer it waits, more chairs are going to get filled for teams that needed quarterbacks. It's going to lessen your ability to get value for the trade. The second thing is you wait too long and everybody starts to find out that you are drafting Caleb Williams. Man, then the Justin Fields stock is going to go way down because teams are going to be like, oh, what are you going to do, keep Justin Fields in the locker room with D.J. Moore who wants him as quarterback as Caleb Williams is going to be the quarterback? Yeah, tell me how that's going to work out. And that's going to drop the trade package even down lower because they're going to go, you're going to cut him now. Now you're stuck or whatever, right? So that's where they got to do this in a hurry. Yeah, and when you say a hurry, do you mean in the next – Few days. Hear, I think we're going to hear something in the next two weeks, ten days. I do. Okay. I do. Okay. It'd mean, yeah. be nice for everybody. I mean, hell, it'll be a relief for Ryan Poles. I mean, he kind of expressed that that he. No doubt about it. There's a part of me that's already like, hey, I want to almost say to him yesterday, like, hey, listen, if you know, just say it. Get it over with. What are we waiting for? Here we got our mic. Market here for fields, whatever. Get it on. Get the show on the road. Get these mics on. I don't believe them that they don't know what they're going to do yet. They're still doing that. I'm not going to buy that crap. I'm throwing the challenge flag on Paul and Paul's and Eberflus on that. <laughs> well, put Chris Sims down in the category of there is no gray area. Zero. Caleb Williams will be the Chicago Bears quarterback as we welcome you back into On the Clock. I am Mark Rohde at the Combine in Indianapolis. I will say one thing that I disagree with him on conceptual, maybe not conceptually, but this is something that probably requires having lived in Chicago your whole life. And I have lived in Chicago and its land during my whole life. So I know this stuff. I am of you, as I like to say, Chicagoans. The fact that he said that, (laughs) this is nice. I mean, the idea, of course, you want to build up around Caleb Williams, build up around the quarterback. I talked about that right at the outset of the show, or was it on one of the other shows I was on today? Sometimes it's hard to to keep it all straight. This team is going to look different. You do have to make life easier for Caleb Williams because it's nice to make life easy for your young quarterback, but also because of, as we were talking about, the, the Bears, there is going to be expectation for the Bears going into this season, no matter who the quarterback is. They cannot afford to digress with what they did last year, getting to seven wins. And I know it, was, it felt like an ugly seven wins at times, and I don't know how real it all was, but things did get better. The defense looks legitimate, and because of that, you do not want to regress with where you are in the third year of this rebuild, there needs to be some winning that happens and some expectation of winning. But the part that I did not agree with Chris Sims, and this was not the time or place to debate him as he took the time to talk to me around his busy schedule today at the Combine, the fact that he says that Caleb Williams doesn't need to be the savior No, 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 no. We do need one of those guys. We have been looking for the savior for decades in Chicago and with the Bears. So I understood what he meant, but that did hit me a little bit because the Bears have organizationally, generationally have, yeah, generationally have always tried to do that, have tried to build the team 
around, well, they usually have built the team around defense, but that's always it, except for a few big swings that the Bears have taken in terms of having the quarterback that you win because of. That was the idea when they tried Jay Cutler. That was the idea when they tried Mitch Trubisky. You know, you had some nice moments with Eric Kramer in the past and Jim Miller in the past, and obviously Jim McMahon, and I don't want to go back to Sid Luckman, but I just went back to Sid Luckman. So the idea of you need to build around him um, and he doesn't have to be the savior, it's the he doesn't have to be the savior line. And I know that's, like a, that's a strong word, savior, but you want to have a quarterback with the Chicago Bears that you win because of. And I, I think that that's an okay expectation. Actually, I was going to say, you know, greed is good and all of that stuff. But in this case, it's just something the Bears have needed forever, and it's not greed. It's that, that is what this NFL is all about, having an elite quarterback, and it just hap- so happens that you win because of that guy. Filling in a couple of other blanks here, too, on things that we talked about during that interview, just, just technical stuff. He said that the kid from LSU, neither he nor I actually said the name Malik Neighbors. So shame on me for in the in the moments not saying the name Malik Neighbors. He just said the, the kid from LSU. I got what he was saying, and probably most of you did too. But I just wanted to make sure that that was out there as well. And other thing too is you heard him. He and I are totally on the same page on this one talking about you heard him mention Bears head coach Matt Eberflus who basically was giving a big tell the other day when he was describing what he wants in a rookie quarterback or any quarterback if you hear this it should hit you a certain way I look at situations you know I look at the guys that can operate third down two minute um, in, in the end of the game situations that that to me is what se- that's the separator um, for me um, and then you look at toughness you know you got to look in toughness for a quarterback really is is about the mental toughness to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball um, and then also have the discernment to be able to move out of the pocket and create when it's necessary so um, and there's they come in all different shapes and sizes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's always been fun to evaluate those guys. Yeah, Matt Eberflus right there. I mean, I thought the first part of that was, like, that's, like, everything that Justin Fields isn't in terms of the, the fourth quarter and the clutch plays and all of that. So I thought it was interesting, you know, that that – and I know, as, as we said during the interview, that Flus was not necessarily – I doubt it that he was trying to make that point, but – if that's what they like in a quarterback, those are things that Justin Fields has struggled in. Now, the, the part about the toughness, that is 100% there with Justin Fields. He is a tough quarterback. There's no doubt about it. And he does have the ability to get out of the pocket. By the way, I don't think Justin Fields sucks. Sometimes I feel like like you know, throughout the season, even back in training camp, when I started to really wonder about Justin Fields when he wasn't looking good. And you, know, you get people who... Um, Hatefully disagree. Let's just put it that way. Oftentimes, and you know, I, you know, people, oh, girl, you hate Justin Fields. You hate him. It's, it's not the case. It's not the case. I, I'm like all of you. I'm ba- very excited when they drafted him. Badly wanted him to succeed. As I've talked about, you know, I got to interview him after the games when I was doing sidelines. So I did have a, a good working relationship with the man. But at some point in time, you just got to be real about it. Hey, man, even if they're your friends or working friends, you got to be real about it. And from training camp, something just still didn't seem to connect. And I thought that, that we saw that throughout, um, throughout this year for sure. When we return here on the clock from Indianapolis, I want to go through some of the the key things from Ryan Poles and what he is looking for. And we'll talk about Jalen Johnson and kind of try to figure out exactly what is going on in, in that particular scenario and see what Ryan Poles finds what he's doing at the at the combine in terms of what he really values during his time here i've seen him several times throughout the week hustling he's always got the earbuds in always looks very serious a man the man who's who's got to get somewhere 
So, and we did talk to him earlier this week. So I'm going to bring some of that back and go through some of the things that I thought were important later on in the show. You're definitely going to want to hear uh, Josina Anderson of CBS. She and I got into the future of the combine and um, she has some, some skepticism does Josina about that. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. I'm Mark Grody live. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. In Indianapolis for the NFL Combine covering the Chicago Bears right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Let's get back to more Bears Draft Talk with On the Clock, featuring Mark Grody, right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Caleb Williams won't be your savior. That's what a text from the 708 said that just caught my eye. It's not exactly a bold statement or bold prediction when talking about Chicago Bears quarterbacks. I mean, if history means anything, then the texture is probably right. And if the Bears had been in a situation last year where they did decide to draft a quarterback and, you know, God forbid that they, they took Bryce Young. I don't know. I mean, who knows if C.J. Stroud, if he did go to the Bears, if he would have been successful. It, um, it has been a rough ride at quarterback. So while I disagree, I do think Caleb Williams is going to be a good quarterback. If somebody would like to suggest that a quarterback in Chicago won't be the savior, I'm not trying to argue with you. Oh, and then another uh, text, putting way too much pressure on Caleb Williams without having played one down. Normally, I would agree with you, but I think that we have a different animal here in Caleb Williams. Like, I, I think he he's eaten it up in terms of, I think he, you know, the, and I like this about him. It seems that he loves the the attention, you know, pretty, seems like a pretty gregarious guy and, you know, seems like a dude that wants to be great at least from the things that he has said historically in this recent history. So we're, we're going to see. Um, one other text from uh, 630. Caleb Williams is at least as good as Justin Fields. Drafting Caleb is the better option because he will be far cheaper than he is on the rookie contract. Of course, of course. We've been saying that from the beginning. You you reset the, the rookie clock. And trust me, man, I, I was listening to the Cincinnati Bengals um, press conferences and they were, cause you could just walk around the combine and kind of choose your own adventure. And I was just, ah, let's see what's up with what's going on here with the, with the Bengals. And what I literally heard as I walked up was him saying, well, you know, 
with having the contract that we do with Joe Burrow, you know, he's, he's got the money, you know, so we, they're he was literally talking about how there were things that they have to be conservative with because of the, the, the max contract to the quarterback, Joe Burrow. And I don't need to explain all that. You guys get how it works. So the clock would, would be reset. And that would mean that in, you know, theoretically you can add other assets, invest in other parts of your team and build around what everybody hopes is going to be, and an elite quarterback. We're going to get to Josina Anderson as we broadcast live from Indianapolis here at the NFL Combine, talking about the Bears. Josina Anderson of CBS, formerly of uh, ESPN. We're going to talk to hear, her here in just a few minutes. But I want to want to talk a little bit about what Ryan Poles and what he's got going on down here specifically um, in terms of some of the interviews that have been going on and. What he one of the things that I was curious about to him is, you know, how much does what is going down at the combine, how much does it mean to him? The conversations that he will be having with potential prospects and already had the conversation with Caleb Williams. How much does all of this mean? Take a listen to Ryan Poles. Ryan, I know you said you weren't going to make a big reveal today in terms of what you're of what you're doing yeah no i, I totally I under- I yeah i know that's what a week yeah so a week do you have an idea what's the percentage of what you think you know right now ahead of the combine like how important is the combine in making the decision yeah right now it's like a hundred different scenarios that you go down and, and try to plot out and you're forecasting forward to see what's going to work out and probabilities and and things like that. But at the end of the day, the human being part, getting to know someone, um, getting to know a group of people is really going to determine that there's going to be options um, <clears throat> that pop up all the time that you don't see coming. I think I said it last year, like something will happen at some point in the next few months that no one expects. Um, so you got to be on your toes for that. So the picture will change as we go. I do love the unexpected portion of this. And he's right. And we haven't had that breaking news yet but there is like the underlying part of of it is and you hear me and i'm you heard chris sims and i think they're going to draft caleb williams chris sims there's no gray area with him he thinks they're going to draft caleb williams but you never know and you do have to allow for the possibility that ryan pole sees things differently that if maybe there is a wild card maybe he's the big Jaden Daniels fan maybe he fell in love with with Drake May as um, actually our, our our next guest you will hear supporting Drake May as a player in just a little bit maybe maybe somebody saw Bo Nix and said oh wait a minute maybe Ryan Paul's like that guy man maybe he's like maybe he's that guy that does think that JJ McCarthy is going to be elite and great uh, Michael Penix Jr. And by the way, I can't personally, I, I can't wait to, to hopefully talk to all of those guys tomorrow. Caleb Williams will be my complete focus, but I'm looking forward to hearing from these guys. I mean, we've been talking about them and thinking about them all for so long, but just to get some questions answered and see what they're like and get a, an idea for what they might be thinking. But yeah, the big surprise hasn't really happened down here in Indianapolis yet in terms of some sort of blockbuster. And, the, you know, the, it was Brian Poles making the big move last year, not at the Combine, but shortly thereafter. So so we'll see, and we'll see if it's the Bears that, that do something. I think it's very likely. I mean, I, I keep on making, you know, my picks based on that they will have the number nine pick. I think there's definitely a scenario where the Bears don't have the number nine pick, whether they, they probably trade down maybe a couple of picks like they did last year. That would not surprise me in the least, but, but we shall see. Another big topic for Ryan Poles is his starting um, second team all-pro cornerback, Jalen Johnson. And Ryan Poles was pretty open about where things stand on a potential contract agreement and a long-term one at that. Jalen Johnson. Um, in the process of getting Jalen Johnson done, um, conversations are going well at this time. Uh, we feel like we've done a really good job um, kind of coming to the table strong, um, showing the respect um, that he's due just in terms of his production through his career and really an emphasis on the turnovers that he created this past year. Our expectation is that's going to continue to go um, as he's with the Bears. Um, when I say coming strong, that means cash flows are strong, guarantees are strong, 
the term is strong for him. Um, being hit with his age, uh, there's a really good opportunity for him to go back to the market again um, and continue to earn money and play well, and hopefully that's with the Bears for a long period of time. So I'm excited about that. Uh, like I've said about those deals all the time, it takes two to tango, and you got to find a, a place that everyone feels comfortable with. So uh, I feel really good about that situation. Term is strong for him. Yeah, I mean that that makes it sound like it's a you know three or four year deal. As Paul said, that you know indicated that he'll still be young when he gets out of that contract, and that means he can go get more money from somebody else or from the Chicago Bears. So clearly, Ryan Paul's believing that they have put in front of Jalen Johnson what they feel to be a fair deal. Um, it's also pretty obvious that they have put the ball in his court. I mean that that little it takes two to tango line says everything that's everything right there so it, it you know he ryan Poles did everything but say yeah he's got it and uh we gave him the pen if he'd like to sign it we'd really we'd very much like jalen johnson to continue being a part of the bears i do believe it was about david montgomery last year before you know after the season had ended that there was that he gave the it takes two to tango line. So, and we know that David Montgomery ended up with the division champion Detroit Lions this year. So, I believe I have to go back and confirm that, but I'm I'm almost positive that it was in regards to David Montgomery that he said that it takes two to tango last year, and when it felt like yeah, David Montgomery's coming back, and then nope, nope, I said I think I'd rather go to Detroit, and at least for last year, David Montgomery certainly made the right decision. I will tell you this too, I I didn't like miss David Montgomery a ton. Like there weren't too many times during the season where I was like, man, if only David Montgomery was here, but. David Montgomery still would have been the best running back on the Bears. He would, I mean, he's still better than Khalil Herbert. He is better than Roshan Johnson, better than Dante Foreman, you know, on their roster last year. He would have been, still would have been the best running back on the team. So, you know, they didn't have the best guy, and that's that's what happened last year. Last cut from Ryan Poles before we get to Josina Anderson um, that talked about the potential timing of a potential Justin Fields trade? It just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this. Um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush. Um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. Did, did, you, did you talk to him? I know he made those comments last week about kind of living in limbo on this. Have you had conversations with him about where you guys are at right now in that process? Yeah, so I've always felt, and I told, uh, told him this after uh, the season when we had our exit meetings, that you know transparency and communication is, is key in these moments, um, and I told him we will do that. So I've been in contact with his team and, and kind of let him let them know like what we're looking at, um, how things might play out, um, and that we'll continue to communicate as we move forward. Again, I understand how uncomfortable that is for him. Um, but again, like I told him, and he understands, I think he said it the other day too, it's, it's part of this business. It is a unique situation. So, um, But yeah, I'll continue that communication with, with them. Ryan Poles, there's one thing he's definitely been very good at, and that's the personal side of being a general manager and trying to be as fair as he possibly can to the player without um, affecting the organization. So it is good. And yeah, I mean, I, it's good that he has the best of intentions for Justin Fields. But again, as we said earlier, it, it has to be the team first and it's, you know, it's hate to say it, but Justin Fields comes, comes second to what you are trying to do with his team. If they are going to go in the direction of ultimately trading him. So those are just some of my thoughts that I thought were the key takeaways so far this week in terms of what Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus have been saying this week. Another person that I got to talk to at the Combine is Josina Anderson, you know, former um, ESPNer. She's working for CBS these days and was doing a whole bunch of stuff for uh, CBS HQ and talked to a ton of players. She has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the NFL, and uh, we, were, we had a good chat about the Combine. 
Hi, Josina. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You look ridiculously busy here today. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Of course. We're at the Scouting Combine. This is what it is. It's not just evaluation of players, but networking and doing things like this. So happy to do it. Yeah, yeah there's so much. It's overwhelming. It's so easy to get tired here. I don't know about you, but I'm like ready for a nap at any given moment at the Combine. And it doesn't stop because after this, you know, people get um, dinners and then the coaches go back into evening interviews and then everyone goes to prime until 3 a.m. in the morning. So Yeah, and we do it all again the we next day. And until Saturday. Saturday, so yeah. You broke the news that Drake May will not be participating in the official combine workouts. Why? Well, I just think it's following the trend that we're seeing from other players as far as, you know, protecting what they feel like is their value coming into the combine and also not wanting to see it go anywhere else. Um, not that there's necessarily fear of that, but clearly when you're at your pro day, the environment is more controlled and, and things like that, which is a little bit sad because on a greater scale, I'm actually kind of wondering what is the future of the combine? Um, you know, we have multiple coaches, 12, I think at least that did not show up. And, you know, um, as more and more of these athletes are electing not to do the main things, it's like, do you really need to be at the combine to do an in-person interview? And so... <clears throat> Is this going to get regionalized to, you know, the Big Ten Conference and all these other things? Are they going to break this up? I personally feel like the league should mandate that, it, you know, you have to be here, um, especially if you're invited and you want to come into the league. Um, and because I think that it's not just about the players and it's not just about the coaches, but even the media. We are a part of the ecosystem. And, you know, not only do we need the stories, but we feed, you know, the interest. And so I think it sh- I think there should be a multi-consideration thing that I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the NFL is definitely interested in the whole thing being a spectacle in a good way because it obviously, you know, they've made it now prime time and it generates ratings and they're trying to maintain the calendar from January all the way through December every year so for them it's what have you but you do have coaches that are out there and I'll keep them nameless mm-hmm. who are you know asserting themselves more and feeling like it's pointless because they feel like they can get video of the the drills uh you know where they are um they feel like they can do the uh in-person interviews with the pers- people that they want to do it with later um and get more vacation time <laughs> But the question is, should the teams who are actually having losing records be professing what they think doesn't work and doesn't, you know, work? So that, you know, that is another uh, debate and question. But obviously, selfishly, as a a member of the media, we would love for everybody to be here. We're having a pretty big debate in Chicago about quarterbacks, and it's two people. It's Justin Fields. It's Caleb Williams. What direction do you think the Bears should go at quarterback this year? Well, listen, I'm a... um, you know, I am definitely in favor of um, young prospects trying to start their career and um, bud their career. You know, that being said, um, and not that this pertains to every prospect, but I would say by and large, I tend to lean towards known commodities because the idea is to win immediately. Now, politically, there are reasons sometimes to go with the younger prospect as far as not just from having more um, longevity, but if you have a staff in place that potentially might be concerned about their own futures, the in-house staff can buy themselves time by getting a younger prospect because you have a built-in explanation to say, oh, this person needs time, this person needs time. So, you know, how much is the front office staff, and I'm just talking about front office staffs in general, you know, trying to do what's in the best of the immediate, you know, Mm -hmm. for the fan base and also protecting their own individual jobs. Because in theory, if Justin Fields came in, stays, Maybe you improve on the seven wins this year. If Caleb Williams comes, you have to at least account for the possibility that he's going to have a rookie year. Yeah, Yeah, just and and it could work out, you know, quickly, and he could just have, you know, a phenomenal, you know, year, and that could amount to more wins than maybe Justin. But I would have to think philosophically that if you were bringing back Matt Everflus, you did that based off of the fact that you felt like something went right from last year, and presumably Justin Fields is a part of that, right? So why is the coach then more a part of the success by getting to get renewed and Justin Fields is in question. Mm. Oh, that's a great question. But while we're on Matt Eberflus, yes, I mean, there was a lot of consternation in the media and the fans about whether or not he would be back. Do you think that this is his third year? Do you think Matt Eberflus deserved to be back? Well, I think that um, 
you know, you have to give credit to the fact that the team finished stronger towards the end of the season. But I do think simultaneously you have to look at the quality of the wins and the quality of the opponent. And I think when you stack up, you know, who uh, the Bears got those wins against, for me it was less impressive because they weren't necessarily against top-tier, top, you know, postseason teams. Now, if you were beating the Ravens and the Chiefs and, and you were beating the 49ers and all that other stuff, it would be more meaningful. But if it's, it's, it's against lesser teams, it's a little less meaningful, you know, for me not to take away from Madden, not saying he's not a, you know, good coach and certainly not to take away, you know, from Justin Fields. But um, I don't know. It comes also down to personal taste. I tend to, you know, want someone, you know, for me that is, uh, I guess, comes across, um, you know, maybe more enigmatic, you know, and I don't even know if that's the right word, mm-hmm. but like or more, more charismatic rather um, in, in certain ways and just how the personality is, but also how that comes across to the players and how they lead and things like that. And that's just from looking at it from afar. I'm not in the building like you guys are every uh-huh. day, but I am a person that has covered the league for 20 years and feels like I can discern vibe. And this is why last year when I went into the Ravens locker room, I was like, you know what, I feel a really special energy with this team. And they were right on the brink. Mm-hmm. They should have actually been on the Super Super Bowl and, and simultaneously the year before that I said I feel something special in the Eagles locker room mm. and they were you know in the Super Bowl so I feel like I can detect when that glue is authentically there and not and I still think it's up for debate whether you know Eber Flus is that you know part of that glue at least on a long-term um, you know prospect. Any vibes on who that team's going to be this year? Or do you got to get yourself into a locker room and check out those vibes? Yeah, I do that in person more so in terms of talking to the players and, um, you know, being able to assess. But also it's not just being in person, but assessing how the team was knitted together. Mm -hmm. So, for example, to contrast, um, no, to contrast, you had the New York Jets, right, that had a lot of young stars. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when your stars are so young, um, it it, it makes it a little bit more difficult to establish leadership. So you had the Garrett Wilsons, you had the Sauce Gardners. And yes, you do have some veteran guys in there, but in comparison to the Jason Kelseys, in comparison to the Brandon Grahams and the Fletcher Cox, those guys are really like yard minders. You see what I'm saying? Like, Try, try to try to really do something in that locker room. So you need a really great, and it's not for for me. It's for GM. It's not just about assessing talent. It's do you, can you really knit a team together in terms of how you balance personalities and create the checks and balance? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this then, because one thing that I can tell you from being in the Bears locker room. They love Justin Fields. Like, there's a real chemistry in the locker room. I've always said that the players, will they can make new chemistry with Caleb Williams if he was to come. But it sounds like you would probably lean towards the side of that's pretty damn important that Justin Fields is beloved in there. Do you think it would be that easy for somebody else just to, you know, if Justin Fields is gone, somebody else comes in, do you think it would take the players time to get used to that? Well, each aspect of energy has its own DNA. So if Caleb came in and you would have a different type of energy because it would be the 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 enthusiasm of new energy, right? So then you're going to have the positivity of just the fact that he's new. But then at some point there has to be discernment over what he actually is. And so if he has a great start then that feeds into it and it snowballs into something that's building more positive energy likewise as a somewhat of an not well not really somewhat an unknown commodity at the nfl level if he struggles off the top and the bears start off two and six how are we how how are we how, how are we feeling about that so it's it's energy and assessing vibe is a fluid thing but some aspects of it are flat in the sense of you know the pieces that come together to knit the team are the pieces that come together to knit the team. And that starts with the, with the GM. But, you know, I did feel like, you know, with the Jets, I felt like the balance was off and then you had stars that weren't so comfortable speaking up because they were young. Mm-hmm. Last couple things for you, Josie, and I appreciate your time. I didn't even ask you, is Caleb Williams your top quarterback on the board? Do you have rankings? Is Drake may your number two? I mean, how, have you figured it all out? Yeah, you're smiling right now. But uh. Well, I would say, I mean, obviously I have a natural affinity for Drake. He is, a, you know, the alum from my school, so I went to North Carolina. So, you know, that, that's in our blood that we have to support. It's, it's a birthright to attend Carolina. Gotcha. Yeah. They might revoke my alum status <laughs> if I don't say that. But I actually do like Drake. I had an opportunity yeah. to meet him in Vegas and at the Super Bowl and um, obviously, you know, be connected, you know, with the combine and things like that. Um, but to be truthful, and I'm always very transparent you know I am not a huge avid um, <clears throat> follower of college football I've been covering the league for 20 years 
and my credo is that I wait for them to come to the combine before I start paying attention. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. Because one, it's just it's too many of them, and not only that, but I'm traveling on Saturdays for games on Sunday, so I don't really get a chance to watch. And I'm very honest about that. However, I do feel when I do get the opportunity to look at tape myself and look at YouTube and and just watch it myself, I can definitively tell you who is my you know my personal or not person. I remember doing that two years ago with Garrett Wilson. Just I looked at his highlights and I was like, and I and I it's it, and, and it's not just something. I'm making up you can go on Twitter when I've done this and I say these are my picks these are my picks Uh and oh by the way Garrett ended up being the offensive rookie of the year and it's just I also think it comes from my track background and being able to analyze how how guys move Uh you know just the things that I look for as far as assessing somebody that I may potentially pick I think my last question is Justin Fields and what is your thoughts of the first three years of him in the NFL or what he did last year what do you think of Justin Fields I feel like he did a good job of getting over his skis and starting to show, you know, what he can do when he gets into more of a lather and getting the consistent opportunities and staying healthy. Um, You know, again, good quarterbacks don't grow on trees. And even before you make a decision to switch quarterbacks, I always say you have to make sure that the girlfriend that's in the hopper is better looking. You have to make sure. You see what I'm saying? I got you. So you can always complain, but if if the person behind the person you have is not any better, then what are we really talking about? Um, And I I think he has tons of potential to grow. Um, You know, the thing that I look for even more than that, uh, I guess as a former D1 athlete myself, uh, one of the non on the statistical chart traits that I look at is how someone handles pressure. I think by and large, over and over and over again, that is a huge indicator of how, you know, the athlete is going to do. Um, Do they have the the Kobe Bryant do they have the Tom Brady gene not obviously just from the playing standpoint but you know blood pressure dropping with two minutes to go and, and they're unfazed that's what I need if you're a hot rookie and you catch all the you know balls that you can between games one and games 15 that's great but when we needed you to catch the one you know in game 17 that was going to be the difference between us advancing or not did you catch it or not Justine this has been great thank yeah. you so much yeah no it's obviously fun I, I love being able to have camaraderie with all of our you know fellow personnel and and media and things like that and in the NFL and so it's a great opportunity to you know work and have fun thank you so much you're welcome you're welcome appreciate it some really good stuff there from Josina Anderson of CBS and CBS HQ as usual the on the clock hour flies you know she was talking a lot about locker room Bears have an A-minus locker room. I wasn't kidding. I told you guys about that good locker room. Players all vote on this stuff this year, and those grades came out. A-minus of a locker room. This hour did fly by, but guess what? We're back tomorrow from 6 o'clock till 7 o'clock. I'll be live in Indianapolis from the the, the National Combine. It's close enough. From the NFL Combine. And tomorrow... We should be hearing from Caleb Williams. He is expected to talk tomorrow. I will be front and center, and I will bring you the audio on On the Clock tomorrow. We are also scheduled to talk to NFL insider Tom Pelissero. So I'm very much looking forward to tomorrow. And who knows? Maybe the whole show flips and something crazy happens and we're not talking about any of that. Who knows? It's a fluid situation here in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. Stick around because I'm hearing rumors that Gabe Ramirez is coming up next. Gabe Ramirez will take you from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock here on The Score. And I know he'll be talking lots of bears as well. Hope everybody has a great night. Thanks for the text messages. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow throughout the day, updating you from the Combine, and back with you at 6 o'clock on On the Clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.